degrading, violent, and demoralizing. Smith and I'm joined by Mr. History Eric Perot. Yo man, what's going on? And my fellow legacy guardian, Jake Wall. How you guys doing tonight? And we're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all men and women. So, take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as the Swearing and Podcast presents Service Headline News. I was so excited that Kim was on the program that I didn't hit record, so I got to do that <laughs> twice. Eric saved you though. Yeah, he did. Went too far. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Eric. Uh, that's that rarely happens. Uh, it's only every other week. So, <laughs> gentlemen, we are joined today by Army Sergeant Major Retired Ken Ramos. Thanks for coming on the show, Ken. Thanks for bringing me on. Appreciate the yeah. invite. Now, usually we interview our guests before they come on, but since I haven't had you on for a long-form interview, let me read a few short lines I put together. All right. So you entered the Army in 1989, same as me, and served your first 10 years in aviation, then the next 19 years in special operations. Yep. You are considered one of the leading experts in social media exploitation and multimedia employment within the Psychological Operations Regiment. You know, this bio sounds like a golden pen thing, you know, for soldier of the year. So, because they're just big, yeah. long run on yeah. sentences. They're all good, but they're all yeah, big. I was, always, I was always told to make sure that bios are spelt out in the event there's somebody who doesn't understand what they mean. So that way, oh, yes. I, I could have yeah. made that like a three, a three, not even a three, three liner with a bunch of acronyms. And you'd be like, what the hell is all this? <laughs> no, this is great. Because if you have some like a uh, supply Lieutenant Colonel reading this, he'd be like, what is this? What did he do? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but anytime you can exploit shit, that's what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah. That sounds good. Doesn't Exploitation. It? All right. Ken, you've deployed multiple times part of operation Iraqi freedom and operation enduring freedom. Africa. Correct. I didn't know we had an enduring freedom. Africa. Yes, we had enduring freedom Afghanistan, enduring freedom Iraq, enduring freedom Philippines, enduring freedom Africa. Holy cow! Yeah, I, I had think, no idea. Yeah, there's there's there was a few sprinkled enduring freedoms everywhere before. <laughs> Most people <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of freedom out there. Yeah, well, we got to keep spreading. <laughs> or we it, got man. lazy with naming. Yeah, yeah, we got lazy with naming. Just hyphenated it. So yeah. uh, you went to Somalia, Kenya, Ethiopia. And my favorite, Djibouti. Right? Just like I actually did the 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 Somalia mission was more of a support outside, just looking over the border type thing. Because oh yeah, and yeah. the mission of support is is that with them, it's where we were at. We couldn't just like oh, you could just cross the border into and say, hey, hi guys, how you doing? Uh, because <laughs> of the of the tribal regions there, it was pretty. It was pretty. It was pretty crazy. You, you could just not walk around. Specifically, if you're looking like, I don't know, an Ethiopian or a Somalian or a Kenyan. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. if, you're, if you're light complected, then yeah, oh, what yeah. you doing here, white boy type thing? You know what I mean? Uh, did you grow a beard? Did that help you blend in? Actually, I actually <laughs> grew a little bit of a beard and it's, I just I just decided to shave it because it was just a pain in the ass. It, 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 and they're like, hey, look at that white boy with a beard. It, it, it was too either. dry. It, it, it was itchy. And I'm like, you know what? I was getting tired of the food in my beard. I just, I just shaved it. I just fucking. Uh, okay, here comes the uh, golden pen stuff. 
He then served as the Joint Military Information Support Command, NCOIC, for the regional magazine initiative supporting over six combatant commands and six special operation forces components within U.S. SOCOM, not done yet, later transitioning to messaging and digital outreach to Commander U.S. SOCOM's global SOF network. That is a badass sentence. They have no idea what it means. Yeah, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) So the the regional magazine initiative was a part was part of a program to where we gave we we gave magazines that had the appearance like it was their own. Ever read like Shane's magazine or or whatever, and it presents itself like a professional military, um, you know, forum magazine. Look look at this magazine. Look whatever. Well, we did it in all six GCCs, combatant commands. Yeah. And so CENTCOM had one, you know, for the Middle East, uh, South America, you know, the Southcom had one for uh, South America. Uh, we even had one for Northcom. We had one for, uh, you know, Asia Pacific. And these were mag- these were like legit. You look at it and they look, I wish I would have kept some after retirement, but they were just Got shiny uh, paper and everything. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it looks it looks <laughs> legit. And so so part of that was I had to make sure that all the um, all the thematics. So for instance, for that region, if there was some bad stuff going on with uh, whatever they decided to name, what the bad guys are anyways, these days, they changed, they changed more pronouns than when you can imagine uh, they were, they were changing pronouns before it became cool. Um, yep. <laughs> they, 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 they would have uh, a different name for like violent extremist organizations, BEOs. And so it was basically with some of the stuff that they would provide with some of their, um, their own writers they have we worked with those specific governments that would you know they'd give us material for for their magazine and and then i'm not saying we added some messaging in there but we assisted them in their (laughs) in their pro us there you go pro us slash uh our objectives with the country team so we we worked it wasn't just a willy-nilly hey i'm gonna go make a magazine It, it was it was it was staffed pretty good throughout the different embassies as well so uh, and then, of course, we had to coordinate with the different teams that were there in the embassy. So, yeah, that was the regional magazine, the Global wow. Soft, the Global Soft Network. That was Admiral Craven's uh, initiative, almost like Rainbow Six. If you've ever read the book from Tom Classy, sure. uh, Rainbow Six, it was going to be like that. It was going to be like a Rainbow Six-like organization with different spheres of influence that you would oh, see wow. in a different area. So. I mean, if you look That's at, our, yeah, if you look at the uh, International Soft Week 2012, we even did a like like a movie trailer for them. We did the DVD set for them. We did. <laughs> I mean, we 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 look, we dreamed it. We we churched it up to make it look like. And the whole idea of it is for them, you know, to pick up the yeah. pick up the tab on their own on their own missions and their own training and their own funding. So yeah, that was the the Global Soft Network. It was it was a great time. Um, I remember my first in brief with that and. Emmer Craven, uh, you know, he addressed the staff and then uh, he's like, who are my media guys? And then, you know, me and a buddy of mine raised our hands and he's and I'm like, what do you want? And I was like, well, what's the, what are we, what are we looking at here, sir? And, and he just looked at me and he's like, make me nervous. I want oh. Iron Man. And oh. so, <laughs> shit. so I'm like, okie dokie, sir. So we, uh, man, I wish I would have freaking had some lickies and chewies with me to, to show off, but um, yeah, so we did, you know, we, we, we sent off all the, uh, and what, this is called transmedia marketing. And basically what it is, it's like a multi-echelon marketing 
that you can touch, look, feel, review, and stuff like that and participate in. So it's almost like, for instance, we had ISOFT patches and we made patches for Oh, nice. Yeah. So like the Middle East guys got the tan patch, the the South the South uh, you know, Southcom guys got the green jungle patch, the the European guys got the more Euro, you know, gray looking patch. And we <laughs> sent it off to all everybody. And so you could just imagine being some Bosnian or some freaking, you know, some some Ukrainian. What the hell is this? What's this patch for? What's what's yeah, this patch yeah. from? And then right. and then you show up and then you go to the con you go to the to the um to the conference and you're seeing the patch, you're seeing that design, you're seeing that. It's almost like a Nike Nike emblem, which yeah. is a cool, it was a globe with a dagger in it, and and they, I mean we got permission. Oh, from, by the way, they're here. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah, it's it's uh, it, it was it was pretty fun. It, it it was a, it was a learning experience to me because I was also challenged as a multimedia guy. We shot a live event, um, and and in four days they did a, a rehearsal. They, they I don't know if you heard about this back in the day in 2012. Um, SOCOM invaded Tampa. They they assaulted. They had helicopters fly in. They had CB-22s flying in, and they had all this hardware showing up. And my my job, my responsibility, the make me nervous part of it was to set up 21 camera positions and oh. then doing post production, all the fucking media hype, and then Badass. turn it turn it into a fucking DVD set. No way. And and so yeah, so basically you you would. You, you as a foreign special operations guy would be like, ah, you know, say you're Ukrainian or Romanian or South America or Colombia, and you're just bragging about, man, I went to this conference. They gave me a fucking patch and this is great. And they gave me some folders that look. Oh yeah. Like this tag. yeah. And then, and then, the, and the next, you know, they, they were like, Hey, cool, whatever. And then they're talking to their, to their soldiers or fellow leaders. And then the next thing you know, they get a DVD like box set copy <laughs> of all the fucking breakout conversations all to include that hype video that we did. And, and it, it was, it was a great yes. experience. It was like, I guess it's the only feather in my cap that I can remember that really, cause it was just hard work because I, I was talking to movie companies. I was talking to uh, Gerber to, to authorize the use. Oh, of wow. I had, you know, I talked to Steve Jablonski and, and, and Epic games. We used the soundtrack to gears of war for for this oh, for this cool. whole thing that was the ambiance you know and so yeah it was it was a oof, it was it, I, I, I won't so, ever forget it was the video you produced uh, a la active valor <laughs> <laughs> with our buddy Rick Denver <laughs> active valor <laughs> you guys a story about active valor so. Maybe. Tell these guys that story you told me. So, so yeah, so Act of Valor was originally done by the Bandito Brothers as an, uh, a show of demonstration of naval special warfare. And it was supposed to show the boat guys, which is the uh, special boat. warfare combat crewmen, the Swicks and the Seals and the 160th. And yeah. rah, rah, we were going to mm, we show it. Yeah, this is how we're going to do it. And use as an example of how to conduct specific you know, missions and yada, yada. Well, they took the footage, and, and unbeknownst to us, I don't think they took the footage, but they made a goddamn movie out of it. Sure and, and, and and I'm like, it wasn't even a good movie. No. I mean, Rosalind Sanchez was in it, so she's fucking, she's hot. So yeah, you're gonna, yeah. 
She was the only one who could act in the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, she was the one actually act. Yeah, you know, and and then of course you know some of the some of the sexy sexy freaking gun gunboat scenes and helicopter right. scenes and all that. Right. Those were all yeah. those were all supposed to be a demonstration video, and I could I, I can't really say what the boss said. Adam more Craven at the time. I, I'll just say that 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 they didn't get the same cooperation that we that that really? other, other film producers made, which is why. What, that was that was why the task was given to me was given to me and a, and a friend of mine, an NCO who was who was part of the, a, a multimedia guy, army trained multimedia guy, and uh, me I'm just a psyop guy I'm just there you know picking up the, I don't know, it's, it's almost like watching I was I was like I felt like I was in an apprenticeship or a fellowship with, oh wow with like yeah. a great he's a great guy uh, Frank my buddy Frank he 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 was the he was I mean he was the one that taught me the ropes of of film filmmaking. Uh, oh, nice. use some graphic art, uh, you know, graphics and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, yeah. So, anyways, so every time I see Act of Valor in like a DVD stand, or I see somebody going, oh, Act of Valor, and you see that, oh, and I just, I just, I just think back because no yeah. one's gonna believe the story anyways when this podcast comes out. No way, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> there's no way that these guys did that. Yeah. So, if you ask anybody about the Bandito Brothers, all right, you're gonna be like, uh, what happened with them? What, what, what was that? Because if you look at it, aside from the dialogue, it looks like a normal demonstration video. It looked like a normal, and then you see Jake. Happens. Jake, when Ken and I had lunch, I told him about Mr. Denver and our yeah. skeet shooting experience. And how oh, yeah. Jake brings him up every time. <laughs> yeah. well, it's hilarious because I was the one dicking around, fully honest. It fully was. But I was the, the whole time. I was the guy who couldn't stop laughing. Over. <laughs> yeah, he looks over and he locked on to Marty. Like, oh, yeah. So I was like, oh, Motherfucker. <laughs> Marty's got that look. He's mischievous, though, anyways. Like, if he was. Yeah. But I shouldn't have. I, I caught eye contact with him. That was my problem. Oh, yeah. And he's like, hey, can I go now? <laughs> and oh. I, I was so. I was. I told him I was so flat footed. I, I had no response. I was like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> nah, see, you should have showed him your eyes, that cat eye, and then showed your leg. I should have just said, oh, hold on, one more. Yeah, no, see my, see my leg. <laughs> if you could have talked earlier, you could have said, can I go now? Oh, I mean, like you took our footage? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> you took SOCOM's footage? Is that what you're talking about wanting to go now? You know? Well, the greatest thing is he launched into his story about how when 9-11 went down and he was with this SEAL team, but they were in South America. Right, and it, they and were in buddy, Costa Rica doing it. Costa Rica, yeah. And his yeah. buddy was like, "It's time for payback," and they didn't never do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and we looked at each other at the other store. I was like, "That was it. That was all for that." Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I went to Costa Rica too. I got bit by sand fleas and got some artisan soap. Like in a fucking lecture series. You might have had more action than uh, I Rourke definitely had, got so. more action. <laughs> Everywhere I went. I didn't get offered anything. I was on the beach. They saw a large white man. They were like, "Hookers, love." Yeah, yeah. Let's start with a little foreplay. Let's go with first. Let's not just jump straight to hookers and blow, man. You'd been a king if you spoke Spanish. You'd have been a king. You'd have been a. Oh, pimps would have thought you were a competition if you were speaking Spanish. Your hacienda would have been being built. (laughs) The compound would have been completed by now. (laughs) Would have been nice. Uh, and your last assignment was being attached to the psychological operations commandant's office at the John F. Kennedy Special Warfare Center and School, assist, assisting in establishing the RSOF recruiting engagement campaign with headquarters 
U is that USA Special Operations Command? Yeah, yeah, it's US. Yeah, USASOC. It's United States Army uh, Special Operations Command. Yeah. Okay. And you retired in December 2018. That's it. Now the cool stuff. Well, that was all cool, but the fun stuff cool. is you're currently the voice of Sergeant's Time and the Monday edition on WTF Nation Radio. Well, you yep. know the infamous call sign ice yeah that was not a that was not given to me everybody knows the rules of a call sign it's given to you by the kids and right. I, I i said are you serious ice i feel like i'm a fucking 80s villain or some shit like that <laughs> or I'm, a, I'm like when you order a top gun on wish you know what i mean i'm val camera uh, that's right so it's like are you really because because my my um my fake book, you know, because, you know, at the time I was running, I was running, uh, you know, I was, I was, I had to be hidden. I was, nobody knew who I was. I was, right, right. I was an admin and uh, for about a, a year and a half or so with WTF Moments. And then I became uh, a, a host, a podcaster, broadcaster, I guess you'd say, on WTF Nation Radio. And I had to use a different Facebook, um, a different Facebook, uh, I guess, oh, really? burner account. Oh, a burner account. Burner account. You know, I'll admit it. I mean, if you're allowed, are you allowed here to say that you have more than one Facebook account? Anyways, uh, and so that what was, have you done? Well, see, in part of my old work, I had other Facebook accounts, but it wasn't public. It was for dealing with bad guys and shit posting on them and oh yeah, yeah, stuff like that. So I didn't really have that. I didn't have any social media presence at all with like my name, Ken Ramos, until until like at least twenty the end of uh 2013 beginning of 2014 so wow i can't I, believe I, you've been doing it for that long that's amazing that long it seems like it's that short there's people who have been around with facebook since it started and they're like yeah. they they look through my they look through my facebook post and found out that i said something messed up you know using a 2023 oh, i meant let me ask you about that. So did they, were you doing uh, a podcast and they found you and brought you on or they bring you on and then you did a podcast for them? Well, I guess everyone has a villain story. Uh, oh, story. It was basically. And you got the call sign for it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Hey, ice. 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 Shut up. Anyways. Um, I, uh, I, what what got me connected to U.S. Army WTF moments was I was coming back from a meeting. I was a, a first sergeant at the time, and I was coming back from a meeting, and I saw a kid. I saw a kid in full uh, Army dress uniform. Uh, you know, he had he had his Class A's on with his jump boots on and his beret. Oh wow! And he was mowing the fucking grass. He was mowing the lawn. Oh lungs. shit! He was a combination. And now, now look, I, I get fucking with Joes, and I get fucking with the you know doing a little hazing. But it, it costs money to get your fucking uniforms fixed. Yeah. It, it's even yeah. worse when you see a kid, you know, he, he was a specialist and, and he probably was a sergeant and got busted down. But it takes a minute. It, it's, it's, it's like you're, you're ruining a, a kid's uniform. Uh, I mean, choose another sure. avenue. He's going to sweat through that thing. He's going to yeah, sweat yeah. through his beret. Grass, yes. Yeah, grass, yeah, grass stains all over it. His jump yeah. boots are not going to be polished anymore because he's making them. So I took a picture of it and then I was just stewing. I was like literally just, just, Man, I was fucking stewing. I just, I, well, I mean, I, I just, uh, I mean, not to bring the mood down, but I just lost a friend and he took his own life. And that's why I got on Facebook is because somebody said, hey, you know, I, I came back from my dark world at SOCOM and I came back to Fort Bragg, now Fort Liberty. And I was like, you know, we need to go hang out with so-and-so. Let's go hang out. Anybody hear about so-and-so? Oh, nice. And everyone's looking at me like, 
Kenny, um, he, he took his life. He's, he's, it was all over Facebook. Ah, so then at that point I was like, man, I need to get on, I need to get on the net because yeah. you know, I got to keep up with the times and all that. I mean, I, I don't want to yeah. bring the story down, but that's what got me on a normal, normal Facebook account. And then sure. as I'm, well, you know, one of my soldiers had up on the team room, us army WTF moments. Hmm. So I said, fuck this. I'm going to send this picture to these guys and said, look at this is fucked up. Look at these, oh. look at these guys. These guys are, Whoever this leader is is a shit leader. So I sent I sent the picture in, <laughs> uh, all that, and then um, I started following the page. And dude, that the page is just, I mean, it's it's matured a lot from back in the day. But it was just, hey, look at this leader. He's fucked up. And they would just like post the picture of the leader. Yeah. Doing some, and you're like, wow, that's hilarious. Is, yeah, it, it's awesome. It's just like it's like okay, it's it's a it's not a bit really a. You know, it's it's okay. It's a good meme page. I don't mean uh, it's it's highlighting some things. Marty still does that shit. I sent him a picture with my damn cover on inside, and he got all over me. Like, <laughs> goddamn, that was 1982 for God's sake. What the hell? As a young airman, had a fucking hat on. Send what he covers. You send that with a Kodak carousel slideshow projector. Or something? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I sent the pic in, and, and, and no big deal. And then I'm following other pages and stuff like that. And then they had a, hey, would you like to join the team? Oh, no shit. And I'm like, hell yeah, I'd like to join the team. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I'm trolling bad guys on social media forever. And I now I get to troll army bad guys for yeah. social media? <laughs> what do I sign up? So I gave them the information and gave them, you know, they had a little, hey, you know who you are. I mean, they, they had to verify who I was. And then the team at the time, I mean, you got you to remember too, the team's matured out. So some, some people have left. Some people are, are still there. Um, I'm one of the few that's still there from what well, they say the old school and um, they I was like yeah you need to get another Facebook account because it's gonna know they're gonna know it's you and the army's not gonna like you you know posting all this stuff so I yeah that's true because you were still in yeah I was still in right. so so I, yeah. I, I I picked a name that was you know that was Ison and that was the name that you know I don't know, just I was I was part of the first army division I looked at it and in German iron is Ison so I was like okay yeah. Ken, and, uh, Ken Eisen, you know, that's the name. I'll, that's my moniker I'll use. And then, yeah, yeah. of course, not realizing that I'm an old hanging out with the kids, they're little freaking clowns. We're like, oh, Eisen, what kind of name is that? <laughs> Start calling you Ice. I'm like, shut up. And then <laughs> about a year or so later, they're like, yeah, hey, you know, we heard you did some radio work. We heard you did some sort of multimedia stuff. You want to be a bod- podcaster, broadcaster on this thing we're starting up called WTF Nation Radio. You want to, it's already up, but we want, we need somebody to help. So yeah, sure. Wow, so, that's pretty cool. That was it, and, cool. and then the next thing you know, I'm running the damn station, and now I'm part of the leadership team for WTF Moments. So it's it's. Uh, I look back and I'm like, damn, that's. Uh... And he's re- and he's retired, and that's all he does. Yeah, that's, that's what, what you do. get for stepping Fuck. up. Yeah, that's all I do. This, this is all I do. This, as, I mean, I shit posts, throw some memes up. <laughs> I might, I might, I don't know. Maybe I might sell some T-shirts or something like that to keep other revenue streams going. But yeah, it's it's. Uh... Very it's cool, been fun. Man. It's been fun. That's pretty cool. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks, Ken. That's a good rundown. We got. We could go on and on with you, but there is pressing history to take care of. Yes. Oh, oh. History. Yes. Yes. Pressing. This one, gentlemen, is going to be incredibly cool because we were all alive <laughs> during this historic event. Oh. Yes. You chose one in the... Uh, Latter part of the century this time. Right, right. We were all, all right. alive. Let's see all if right. you remember it. So August of 76, a little tree incident occurred 
at the DMZ. Just to clarify, Eric, yes, I was sir. born in 78. Oh, shit. We just <laughs> missed you. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and Ken, let me give you this, uh, uh, <laughs> this little precursor warning. I forgot you're so goddamn young. Don't ask a lot of questions about what happened. Oh. Surface knowledge only. Oh my <laughs> God. Gotcha. Go that goes for me too. That goes for me too. So a little little background for you. 23 years after the end of the Korean War, the peninsula appeared poised to erupt in war because of a Korean tree incident. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of stuff was going on between uh, Washington, actually the Washington Special Action Group, the WSAG, and um, uh, the rhetoric coming out of North Korea, they were bowed, tensions were high, things were getting crazy. The uh, North Koreans were continually uh, accusing us of, of, you know, new weapon systems and creating a lot of high tensions. So in the spring of 76, North Korean government broadcast near daily propaganda claiming we are committing aggression and threatening peace. Oh, that's what Ken would have been doing. Yeah. Had he been on the North Korean side. So at the same time, (laughs) during this tense situation, a small group of U.S. and South Korean troops set out on a simple mission to cut back a tree in Mm. the jointly controlled zone. The tree obstructed the view from nearby observation towers. About 15 North Korean soldiers approached and demanded the group stop trimming the tree. When the group refused, the North Koreans attacked with crowbars, clubs, and axes. Right? Not Not even weapons. Crowbars? Yeah. They don't even have cars out there. And, and axes, too. Yeah, axes. Yeah. So two U.S. armies, two two U.S. Army officers were killed. Four of the U.S. Yeah. Two and four uh, four other U.S. soldiers and four South Korean soldiers were wounded. Damn. So that calmed the situation a little bit after it was all said and done. However, that same Washington group met on August 18th. And they said, all right, what are we going to do? Bill Clements, who was the defense secretary at the time, uh, asked, wasn't that a routine operation keeping the area clear? The answer was yes. WSAG members judged the North Koreans authorized an attack on any group of Americans or South Koreans who were vulnerable. And the North Korean soldiers likely saw the tree trimming group as a target of opportunity. President Ford tasked the WSAG to think about what would be the best response. The SAC met the next day. They had already decided that the U.S. and South Korean forces should cut down the tree entirely. The question was whether we'd follow a diplomatic route, informing the North Koreans of their plans, or going ahead and cut the tree without warning. They sought the approval from Ford to conduct a B-52 flyover at the same time the tree was being cut down to further demonstrate the U.S. military might. And finally... They developed initial plans to move a naval task force in from the Sea of Japan, fly in 11 mm-hmm. uh, F-111s from Idaho, and even developed a plan to bomb North Korean barracks. Okay. Wow. So this was all in response. The bottom line, the Americans and the South Koreans swiftly cut down the tree. The North Koreans were scared and agreed to dismantle two North Korean guard posts. The plan to bomb the barracks was eventually scuttled, despite having the support of Clements and Kissinger. Kissinger blamed the decision to forego the barrack strike on Ford's presidential election speech that Americans would not be in combat anywhere in the world during that time. Hmm. 
However, during the August 25th, 1976 WSAG meeting, the policymakers continued planning for the response in case North Korea came back at them. So the incident occurred on the 18th. On the 21st was the show of military might and coming back and cutting the tree completely down. I visited that place in 1987, and it was pretty badass. The tree stump, yeah, it has an actual plaque at the tree stump now. Hmm. Pretty cool. You know what really happened, though? They sent the most (laughs) famous Air Force cop ever, Chuck Norris, up into North Korea. (laughs) Yeah. There's a whole diorama of this. If you look at that DMZ museum that he said in chat, he said it in the chat. If you look at that picture, that's what I was laughing about. As soon as Eric mentioned it, I was like, holy crap. They have Chuck this at the museum, Norris. and it was like a claymation diorama play out. I was like, oh, there's the murder scene, and then oh, look at this, and then they cut down the tree. There's like, I it looks like a, like a shot of a robot chicken video or something like it, that. It does, you yeah. know, it's like it's pretty, it's pretty amazing how many pictures and video they actually have of the actual killing and the attack. Wow, they have actual footage. Well, yeah, that and when, when, when I was there, running too, yeah, you couldn't go to the actual tree. I mean, I was still at you know, on our side looking, but you could see it in the distance. You couldn't visit it. Was it well, the, the stump, right? The yeah. Stump, right? And yeah. It, but Other it, than Marty's a... leg, it's the coolest stump in Fair the enough. world. Fair enough. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. <laughs> Second coolest stump. <laughs> August 21st, 1976. That was... Eric, that may be one of your better ones. That may be actually yeah. be one of your better ones. So yeah. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's jump in uh, a few news stories here. Uh, let's start off with some good ones, right? We got a couple soldier medal recipients, right? Uh, I like it. So, remind everyone it's Army Soldier Army Soldier's Medal for Heroism was awarded to any member of the armed forces who, while serving with the Army, distinguishes themselves by heroism not involving actual conflict with an enemy, right? So, these were a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I mean, we've we've gotten into the habit of at least bringing out some soldier medal stuff or some heroic stuff that happens off uh, when they're not doing duties. Right, right. Can't be all that. Well, yeah, you go through all the news and it's like, oh, this commander, you do it again. This guy's getting court-martialed. That guy got relieved from commanding that boat. That guy's being brought up on sexual charges. Like, holy shit, all all the military news is really depressing. Uh, But the first one here is from the Army Times. That's how paratroopers combat medic training saved lives during a shooting. All right. Let me, yeah, let me see if I can bring. So (laughs) this is the uh, 82nd Airborne guy that we're talking about. In June 2021, then 2nd Lieutenant Joseph Guerra went out with friends to celebrate recently commissioning as Army officers. Guerra enlisted in the Army in June 2010 as a combat medic. Shortly after completing the Army's Green and Gold to earn his bachelor's degree and become an officer, Guerra would use his medical his medic skills on the battlefield. But in a civilian active shooter situation on June 11, 2021 in Columbus, Georgia. Guerra had just finished dinner with his fellow soldiers and was preparing to go to another establishment when a gunman opened fire. Uh, this man about 10 feet behind us started firing upon us and everything. And, you know, I pushed one of my friends down, jumped on top of her. And then the man had emptied out all those rounds and everything that he had. 
Garris said before a ceremony last Friday at Fort Liberty that recognized him for his actions two years ago. Garris said that after the gunman fled the scene, he started checking on those around the scene and noticed one of his friends was shot. So he started treating him. And then we started to try to leave. And that's when I got a phone call from another friend because they all got scattered. And another friend told me that another buddy was shot. Damn. Garrett went back to his truck. <laughs> this is kind of amused me. Garrett went back to his truck to grab his eight bag with equipment. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess if you're always a medic, you should be prepared, right? Oh, yes. Uh, so he, he grabbed it. He went out to treat his friends and another woman they didn't know who was found behind another restaurant with gunshot wounds. So that's three. The soldier he originally shielded was an army nurse. So she also helped as he treated the wounded. Gara's actions saved the life of the soldier he shielded and the lives of three other victims, said Major General Christopher Lanev, commander of the 82nd Airborne Division, who presented Gara with the Soldier's Medal during a ceremony on Friday, 11 August. So nice <laughs> job, Lieutenant Gara. Yeah, That's nice, awesome. man. That's crazy. All right, now for the second Soldier's Medal, we go to taskandpurpose.com. This army, oh, let me, let me switch it out. So I need to find an army buddy who's a medic, man, just to, to go out with in case shit happens. I got <laughs> Yeah, but it almost seems like if you go out with a medic, guy. something's bound to happen because you're say, out with a medic. How much you planning on how much you drink in there, Eric? I mean, you're, you're talking, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take a medic with me for what? <laughs> Kim, I gotta find a I gotta find a friend, man. I gotta find a friend. <laughs> I was trying to think of what kind of military equipment I had in my back seat oh gosh yeah definitely not that well you got bug juice in your uh, motorcycle bag right that's true yeah <laughs> a camo stick yeah uh, no. all right this one the uh, army chief warrant officer five receives a soldier's medal for saving people from a house fire uh now this kind of starts off tame but give it give it a second it's it's awesome on october 9th last year chief warrant officer five nigel hubesher and his family were, were returning from a trip when they saw a burning home in Bonifay, Florida. You know where Bonifay is, Eric? I do. I've heard of it. Uh, years of Army training instantly kicked in for Hubesher, who ran towards the danger as his wife, Debbie, called 911. In a matter of seconds, he helped two people escape the burning home before it was totally consumed by the fire. Hubesher wasted no time after he saw flames coming from the home. He jumped a lock gate to get to the home where an elderly woman who looked confused came to the door. Uh, Hubesher helped her get away from the house and then went back inside, or then went inside. Once he was in the house, he found an elderly man sleeping in a bed. He woke the man and repeatedly explained the home was on fire, but the man appeared not to understand what was happening. Meanwhile, the smoke had become thick black and the outside of the home had become fully enveloped by flames. So Hubesher led the elderly man to the door, but when he saw the flames across the doorway, he turned to go back to his bedroom. Outside, Florida Air National Guard Major Bradley Vaughn was now on the scene after his family had seen the fire. Vaughn uh, was a senior air defense officer at the 601st Air Ops Center at Tyndall. By this point, the blaze had worsened considerably and Debbie, the chief warrant officer's wife, was on the phone with a 911 operator, yelled to Vaughn that her husband was, was inside the burning home. Vaughn, the major, tried to get to the home, but the heat and flames were too intense. He also heard popping noises that sounded like ammunition exploding. Oh, that's what he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> 
Suddenly, Hubscher shoved the elderly man through the flames, and the two men escaped to the front yard. Second later, the house exploded. Wow. Vaughn then helped the man get to a safe distance from the inferno. The man was treated for burns. Both he and the women, uh, Hubscher, helped get out of the house, survive. Army Major General Michael McCurry, commander of the U.S. Army Aviation Center of Excellence, described Hubscher during Monday's awards ceremony as a hero that's living among us today. So he Dude. was awarded the Soldier's Medal on August 7th, 2023. That's awesome. That's cool. That's yeah. I mean, the fact that a warrant officer is even seen giving, getting anything in uniform is even incredible. <laughs> so there's two feats right there, the Soldier's Medal and a W5, a CW5. Well, they didn't mention that the that the chief got out of the car and first looked around for anybody that he could task to go into the house. He couldn't find anybody. He's like, "Fuck, I got to do it myself." Well, I heard some inside Fine, sources that he, one. yeah, he was. I think I think some sources were saying that he was using his large mug of coffee to keep the. That's why. That's why he didn't get burned as much. That's why he didn't sustain any injuries because he was throwing coffee at the fire too. That could have been. Were so calloused from years of carrying a hot. Yeah, cup. It, it, exactly. 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 So he was burn proof at that point. Yeah, he was, well, yeah, he was good. Throwing some so throwing some cafe bustello on somebody will definitely keep the flames down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I want to I want to go to this, I, and I don't want to take away from it. But this next story is defense media activity. I don't know who that is. I don't know. Is, is that just a a, the, a the department D- that does that? The DMA is it is is basically where all the um public affairs kids get their 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 public affairs training. Oh, okay. Okay. They're, or they're, they're the activity that that runs Dinfos, which is the which is the same. It's 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 kind of like an offshoot. They they've gone through so much reorganization anyway, so it's oh, really? not what it used to look like from what yeah. I remember. But it's basically if you are a kid wanting to know how to be a com cam combat camera or you know oh, yeah. graphic artist yeah. or journalist or whatever, then you would go to a school run by the DMA it would be it's it's almost like going to jump school. Everybody goes to jump school at the same spot. It's the same thing for I gotcha. I gotcha. communications and public affairs people. Well, they named uh, a stars and stripes journalist as its NCO of 2022. Defense media activity recently named reporter Kelly Agee, a stars and stripes specific. It's 2022 non-commissioned officer of the year. 2022. They're a little slow on that, right? But so good on her. That she wanted, but the way they wrote this, I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> so, Ag's a petty officer, first class, and news reporter and photographer in Tokyo. She is selected for the award from among seven nominees from the Air Force and Navy. <laughs> in 2022, Ag produced numerous news articles and photos, including the most. So, you know, you're in Tokyo. You got access to a lot of stories. The yeah, one, was she covering? Was she covering all the guys on the outside of the balcony? On the all the say, yeah. All those guys. She had to be involved. Okinawa. Okinawa. For every, it seemed like every other week they're like, "Oh, find another drunk marine on the third floor balcony." <laughs> exactly. Um, so here's the story that they point out. She produced numerous news articles and photographs, including the most viewed news article in Stars and Stripes. The most viewed news article in Stars and Stripes that year, the removal of Little Debbie snacks from military commissaries. <laughs> what in-depth pictures did you have of that? 
Hard hitting. Hard hitting. Empty honey bun box. Hard hitting, gentlemen. Hard hitting. I know that's not on her. I, I mean, that's on whoever wrote that up. So I don't take away from her. She did her job. But uh, the fact that they mentioned that article first is what cracks me up. But she also reported on the deaths of family pets while in custody of Air Mobility Command. Did you see that story? How these all these people are PCS and keep losing their animals when they're uh, flying military. Hey, is she being transitioned over to Space Force? Yeah, their animals are dying on the PCS flight. Oh, on the flight. Yeah, yeah. So they're not moving to Space Force, Marty. That's move her to Space Force. (laughs) Move her to Space Force. Snack bars are fucking stocked. All right, there's no trauma in there. Pockets. We got honey buns. We got honey buns with nuts. Transition that shit. Like I told you, Eric. You know, they're, they're toying around with letting uh, these new recruits use the calculators, right? Oh, you know, yeah. Have you seen that, Ken? Yeah, I did. I did. What's well, kind of like... I was so, like, what, are they going to make them all security forces now? What, what? Oh. <laughs> oh. He poked that <laughs> my eye. Okay. Well, I mean, I, in some of my air movement officer and jump master duties that I've pulled, I, I, I'll admit, there's, there's, you, there's a time you have to pull a calculator out. For some calculations for you know air load planning you guys know that sure. amc air oh, yeah. if you're amc qualified man and you you i'm not with you yeah but, but, it, bad. but not entrance not entrance <laughs> i had to be taught how to use a calculator being an amo amc qualified but but right. entrance they that all right dumb shit just fucking see what you got and then they said, that was it you know? <laughs> that was it that was the litmus test that's how you knew oh, i mean man. if i had known you could use a calculator i'd be like cw5 hoopsure here fucking yeah. you know, rescuing old people in a, in a fly i'd be a couple flying soldier medals right yeah, on, man. i'd be flying yeah. man oh shit uh okay so good honor good honor i'm glad you're yeah, here. of course yep uh let's talk about special ops command oh all right. This just came out. I, I really didn't want to cover it, but I, it was just big. It just came it, out uh, just, yesterday. Yesterday, right? exactly. Uh, so this is from, I took this one from the Associated Press. I thought it was a little bit better written than the Stars and Stripes one. But female soldiers in Army Special Operations face rampant sexism and harassment, military Ooh. report says. Now, as I read through this thing, I was like, uh, okay, but, you know, if you give if you walk up to any soldier, any airman, any Navy, and they're like, hey, what's wrong with your job? And they're like, I can't get promoted. They, they don't like me because I'm short. You know, and, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is all valid information, right? Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the impression I got out of this. I don't mean to take away uh, from things that actually happen out there, but there is, I think, where you can kind of cross a line and give too much validity to it, right? I, I think- anyway. Yeah, I mean, but I think honestly, it's it's like you were just saying. It, it's your you're, if you're asking somebody that's pissed off that got passed over for a promotion or a team slot or a billet, there's going to be some jaded assholes in a fucking command and climate survey. And like or that guy, they're pushed to the space force. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, that's if the space force will. That's if the army will release somebody to go to space force. Because uh, <laughs> I got I got friends that are, that have that got their IST denied by the army, and so they're like, oh, okay, cool. Then I'll just get out go yeah. guard with a space guard or space force guard and then go active <laughs> duty. And I'm like, are you serious? You could do that? And I'm like, wow. So let it go, baby. Yeah, that's exactly. So, 
So, I so look, sit here, in front of a monitor. <laughs> <laughs> so here's my here's my take on all that though, is that they're only they're only grabbing special forces. They're only yeah. That's what was interesting about this too segment of it. Uh, soft, uh, soft in the army is what we call tribes. Three tribes. We have special forces. We have psychological operations, and we have civil affairs. Those are the three tribes that are in RSOF, Army Special Operations Forces, RSOF. Yeah. So those three, those three tribes in civil affairs and in PSYOP, we've had women in combat leadership roles. I've hell, I've had women team leaders under me when I was yeah. in the um when I was a first sergeant, and they have gone and done stuff in on mission. And there it's been known that in Iraq and Afghanistan, they've had PSYOP women team leaders or psyop women even though the army said we don't really have that you know women aren't allowed in combat i didn't i didn't realize that it was such a how do i say this i don't want i don't want to beat beat up my sf brothers but god there was some whining in there too that was like yeah. well i'm gonna yeah. have no woman join my team well bro the new use of sock the new special operations command sergeant major is a woman welcome Dude, to the real world right. man yeah yeah that's you gotta right. catch up and, and, and here's the thing and i'm glad my i have some experience in the in the uh schoolhouse side of it a lot of the women are beating some of the dudes in fucking their assessments and some of their yeah. physical sure. entrance physical assessments and their uh you know we have other how do i say this we have other challenges or games or puzzles i guess you would say without revealing too much but that that we have a selection process all three tribes have a selection process and i have seen yeah. women utterly destroy fucking guys in in that physical portion of it so it's like <laughs> I, I get i totally get the 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 report and how it's saying well we got an issue in in, in, in our in our soft no you have an issue in one subset group of dudes that are bitching about this shit yeah and it's like i'm not saying i mean it's hard to go back and forth on the women should be in combat uh women should not be in combat or, or yeah. whatever hey that ship sailed man we've had we've had, sure. women, we've had women turning fire left and right and now and now the way i see it at the higher tier level of of training or a higher tier level of operating operating on in a in a in an austere environment women have been doing it, it it's kind of like you're you're yeah it's kind of dude that 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 whole, that ship sailed that, well and we've had that conversation on here before i think if you have um a, the the first tribe that you were talking about, right? The yeah. operators. Yeah. If you have one standard to meet, whoever meets that standard is your best athlete. Push them forward, man right. or woman, right? right? Right. But if they still do an adjusted scale, that's going to cause. If it was adjusted the other way, the women would be upset, right? You know. So it's well, uh, yeah. And you bring up a good point with that is that we have had. I have had in my professional military uh, um, education as well. I we have had joint SF and PSYOP uh, NCO courses, and and they we I had a woman in my class, and they were really freaking fuming that we placed in the top three of of a competition, a physical fitness competition, and even the first sergeant to stroke their their not stroke their ego, but to kind of like push them a little bit. Uh, these are the top three. Everyone else below this line got beat by a girl. I mean, it was like that. That right. That right there was like you know. It was like a. It's it's. Look, you're gonna the 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 battle the battle of the sexes has been going on for for ages. We've always sure. 
Right. Like, come on, women make jokes about how we cook or, or how guys do this or how guys do that. Women, you know, women are crazy, blah, blah, blah. Put your whatever women argument back and forth. We've all done it. Males and females done it. In the military, if a woman outrucks you, it has nothing to do with you, with her being the standard being low. 12 miles is 12 fucking miles. If she comes Absolutely. in before you, yeah. right? she's she's coming in before you. At this point, you're just being a, I mean, I don't want to go, yeah, I'll say it. You're being a bitch about it. You know, it's like, yeah. is this, if, if she's on the team and she's proven herself and she's made it through all the wickets to, to, to graduate, to get where she's at with you at that point, her showing up is, is good enough. And now she has to prove herself just like the men have to prove themselves their worth yeah. while being on a team. So right. it, again, it, I, I got, I got frustrated because I didn't see the uh, PSYOP or the CA side of the house. I only saw. No, and in fact, they go down to, let's see, this paragraph, the exhaustive report surveyed more than 5,000 people assigned to Army Special Operations Forces units, including 837 female troops and 3,200 male troops, and the rest were defense civilians. So we don't know where that breakdown is either. Correct, correct. Um, but it is revealed that the vast majority of the negative attitudes towards women serving in special operations, quote, unfortunately did come from senior non-commissioned officers. So it does seem to indicate that it is generational. Yes. Combat Command Sergeant Major Joanne Nauman. Is yep. it Nauman? Is that how you pronounce it? Nauman, yeah. Yep. Uh, said in a call with reporters about the findings. So we get that, right? I mean, you take, uh, you take an E-78. Uh, well, I don't know so much nowadays. But you take an E-78 in the 80s, and that guy saw the end of Vietnam coming all the way through the 80s, and now he's integrated. Mm-hmm. I get it. He's like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not used to this. But yeah. uh, they've been doing that. What they what they left that ban in 2013 or 2015, where they just uh, said, hey, women can do the, almost any job, right? Anytime yeah, you qualify for it, you can go do it. It was about that time, but what also there's, there's also historical precedence of women completing and and the army doesn't disclose this or nor is very open about it yeah yeah uh, but but there was a woman who tried out and and earned herself a green beret but because she was a woman she was not authorized to wear it we have we have women that are assigned to tier high speed units like the units that we all see glamorized on tv delta force guys operators you know operators and operators operators there are women in that unit there are and and, and you know, I, I don't know specifically what they do, but I do know of one, or I knew I know one, or that she was a she. As a matter of fact, she was already in SOP. She was a psyoper, and she went to that program, and that she just disappeared behind the fence, and that was it. You know, that was like the. Well, I almost think I almost think too is that yes, we've had uh, women complete those courses, right? Some people complete a ranger school. I think that one has completed special forces. Yep. Um, but I, but sometimes we we go like see women can do it and I was like well wait a minute they are the exceptional women who did yes that. and the yes. men who completed they are the exceptional yes. men yes so yeah. those who do that uh, they're, they're special you know they are a cut above yep that's a yep. young person's game that is uh, yep. not somebody with bad knees like me <laughs> so um, but ultimately you close your eyes the blood is all the same color. The blood is all the same color. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. right. right. Yeah. Bleed, bleed red. But, but having a female counterpart in some situations like Green Beret situations where you are potentially within the civilian population, 
having a female counterpart that would help you potentially blend in. Blend like, in. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly what some right. of those roles. That's exactly open. Yep. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's what some of those roles that they're they're filling or they have filled before unofficially. Does that make sense? Before we made it official yeah. to say, yeah. Oh yeah. Now we have women in soft. Well, now we have. Well, we've always had women in soft. It was oh, happening. Yeah. Yeah. It was already kind of happening already with with uh, women in, in those roles. And like you were saying about it too, uh, Marty, about the exceptional men, and exceptional women. These are women that'll kick my ass. Kill all oh, yeah. of us. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. These are these are women oh, yeah. that will hump a ruck for forty miles, put it down, pick up a weapon, shoot no problem, and then you know we'll 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 sure. do a freaking co- CrossFit competition or some shit after. <laughs> these aren't these aren't like and as another thing too is that in that study that in that write up that the AP did, there is there are women that say that they would rather be in RSOF though than back in regular army or being in the regular forces. I can see that too. Right? And, and and that's what I said to a lot of people. It's like, I'd rather have a bad day in RSOF than any day in big army. After you've been yeah. in that world and you get that latitude of being a leader or you get to how you plan your missions or what you're doing mission planning with or who you get to work with, who, where do you deploy to? I don't think I've been able to, I would be able to deploy anywhere that I was able to deploy in soft than I did right. if I was right. in the army. Well, that's like what I told Jake. I was like, I'd rather have the worst day in space command than the <laughs> best day as a security forces. Amen. <laughs> Well, that's the and difference between sitting there and doing something. Yeah. Yes. Well, uh, let me see. The worst okay. day in space that's command the... is a crappy lumbar support. That's the worst day. <laughs> oh, I'm about to say, right. they don't give you guys these right. baller-ass freaking gaming chairs, Jake? Is that what it is? Uh, oh, sometimes the hand rest and, is broken. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's the that's worst, worst, man. <laughs> or you adjust the height and it doesn't work. Oh, oh. man. Oh, yes, and somebody has leaned it all the way back, and you yeah. almost fall over. It's like, oh, that's a bad day. That's, that's PTSD. That's ten percent. Right? <laughs> that could be ten percent. <laughs> could be ten percent. But I think ultimately, James Brown said it the best. Right? This is a man's world, but it's nothing without a woman. That's about. Oh, look at you. Oh, look at you, man. Well look at that man. Well said. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of angst and anxiety about just how you write something like that because. And yeah. nowadays, the military will knee-jerk to re- uh, anything reaction. Well, well, pretty much reactionary to a lot of stuff that is said in sure. the media. So, so like this conversation right now, we're shooting the shit, and you just said that James Brown line. If you were a leader, Jake, and then they'd be like, "What do you mean by that? What do you right. mean? What, what do you? Right. What do you yeah, and, exactly." And you're exactly. like, "That's not what the context is." Jake was trying to say, "No, that's what it meant." I guarantee it's a it. black thing. It's, it's, it's a black thing. No, stop it! So yeah, you're being sexist, misogynist, <laughs> racist, whatever ist you want to ableist because you're talking about chairs. I mean, everything is freaking, and you can't, you can't please anybody in in something that is like legit. Hey, I, I I totally get it. It's it's again, if 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 a woman wants to go to ranger school, wants to go to selection. For any of the three tribes, and she makes it. God, God bless. Just like I would say, God bless you to any any yeah. guy making that it. That is cause, awesome. Because it, it's, I, it's I, a, I want to believe that if the standards are all the same, whoever meets it, man or woman, uh, once you get past that line, and yeah. you're just looking and going, "Good job, good job, yeah, good yeah, job." Yeah, you exactly. Know, let's exactly. go together. Exactly. Now, because now you all got a foundation. You're like we all made it past. It. Yep. We, you yep. didn't do female standard uh, points and get through it. You did. We all did the same. So yeah, yeah. hopefully we that's where we go. So we're going to, hopefully we go towards, uh, ah, shit. What was the, uh, um, 
was the damn alien movie where they're showering together, right? Uh, the sci-fi movie. <laughs> oh, with, oh, Starship Troopers. Starship yeah. Starship Troopers. Troopers. Yeah. That joke. That joke has been in ever ever since we've yep. had the discussion about it. Yeah. That joke's been in about. I mean, hell, even right now with women and women are now artillerists. I can't I call more. I, 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 somebody said artillerist one time to me, and I thought that was cool, like an artist. But you know, Gross. not instead of saying artillery, artillerymen <laughs> or red leg, you just say artillerist. Like, I don't know. I, it, was, I was an artillery, and I've never called myself an artillerist. Well, I'm sure you, you gotta, you gotta get with the times, there, Marty. That's what the kids are saying. It's like the ones that are. Guess calling. what your official call sign is going to be? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> artillerist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so since we got Ken on here, let's move to a little bit of fun here. So there's a, it's an old article. It's a couple of years old. It was from businessinsider.com. And sometimes you find the weirdest stories in non-military, the weirdest military stories in non-military yep, publications. Exactly. This happened exactly. to be one of them. So we're not going to do an all-military selection, but we are going to read about these three legendary leaders who made America's special operations unit into the elite forces they are today. And Ken, you can pick a winner or you can just choose who you like out of these three. All right. Uh, okay. Do I, can I say it now? Can I just go ahead? And no, do you have to, <laughs> we have to present an argument to you. Gotcha. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Uh, Eric, don't go long winded on your argument either. Well, Jake's already was trying to take my power part. Power really <laughs> oh, yeah, You're yeah. trying to hoax and shit. So, I, you know, mine's fairly easy. Ken, I think you're going to agree with me right from the get-go. When you were called the father, okay, the father of Delta Force, how can you not be the bad, the most badass guy on the planet, right? Charles Beckwith. Colonel Blister Charles Beckwith, okay? After graduating from Georgia... Charles Beckwith turned down a chance to play football for the Green Bay Packers. Again. Wow. Right? <laughs> turn down. You're you're the man. Turn down the what, Packers. What year? I uh, graduated. It doesn't say. You're going too far. You're diving deep. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I Damn it, man. <laughs> Damn it, man. Uh, leather helmet era. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't quite that far back. Uh, he chose instead to serve the uh, service country in the army. He deployed to Vietnam, the Seventh Special Forces Group, to support Operation Hotfoot, which was a covert mission to train and advise the Loatian the Loatian military forces. So, when he returns from Vietnam, Beckworth has joined has joined an exchange officer program, which led members of the British Spatial Air Service on counterterrorism operations in Malaya. There he developed the idea for creating Project Delta, a special forces counterintelligence detachment. He created a selection process to find the right candidates and then assumed command of its operation in South Vietnam. While serving with Project Delta Beckworth, here's my boy, took a 50 caliber bullet to his abdomen. Putting him in, right? I thought a 50 cal would like destroy his whole stomach. Uh, Not Beckworth's stomach. Not yet, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's the Black Knight in Monty Python. He's a flesh wound. Flesh wound. Keep going. That's, oh, enough. Yes. That's another plus in my keeps running. Putting him in as such a critical condition that the surgeons deemed him as beyond saving, but he Damn. made a full recovery. Uh, when promoted to Lieutenant Colonel, Beckwith returned to Vietnam with the 2nd Battalion, 327th Infantry, 1st Brigade, 
101st Airborne Division, where his unit fought to establish Firebase Bastogne. I mean, the guy has been in the shit from the get-go. On November 19, 1977, uh, Charles Beckwith co-created Delta Force to address the increasing threat of global terrorism. So he saw the need for this force early on. He led the elite. He led the elite unit on its first mission to rescue 54 hostages held at the American Embassy in Tehran. Though the mission failed, Beckworth's recommendations led to the creation of uh, SAR and JSOC. Beckworth wow. retired in 81 and then wrote a memoir about his time creating and leading Delta Force. He uh, passed so is away. That what, is that what Delta was created for, hostage rescue? Terrorists. Yeah, specifically, Terrorist yeah, it was counterterrorism because back you got to remember back in the day, uh, it it was that seventies oh, was heyday for 70, terrorism. Yeah, right? it was it was like well, I mean, nobody expected nobody expected them to run fucking planes in the buildings. You know, I mean, everyone yeah. everyone knew that if you went in there, you shot you shot up, you did you had a gunfight with them, uh, and that was it. I mean, you got what was it, Operation um, Nimrod? Wasn't it with the, with the SAS uh, storm the embassy? Uh, oh yeah, and, yeah. And, it, uh, the first successful rescue. C- correct, correct. Which was which was pretty much what Beckwith was mo- was was modeling uh, Delta Force to be, and yeah. and so which which I, I and and Eric, I'm right there with you is, is my pick already. I mean, you you already yeah. you, because, only because the 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 other individual. I mean, what I'm just saying, he was the fucking father of it, and, and yeah, think Val- about it, valid, you know, right. He, yeah, but now you're taking all the suspense out of it. But oh, sorry. Like go, <laughs> good pick, Ken. You officer, and go through SAS training. Go yeah. through those guys. Those yes. guys were dealing with right. Right. You, we say counter t- terrorism, but we what we forget is that it was the IRA blowing up shit in downtown London. Yeah. Yep. Oh right? yeah. Like, well, can you imagine? A group of freaking people in Virginia blowing the fuck out of stuff in downtown DC. Yeah. And people political individuals in DC scared to get in their cars, scared to go down specific routes, scared just right. Look at all that training we got from Europe in the 70s and 80s, where they were like they put a bomb on a signpost, you know, and just time it for the guy to go by. And you're like, Yeah, yeah, dude. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean. Well, now that's Antifa. That's, hardcore. So that's that's a that's a different that's a different conversation. It's I think it's Antifa. That, that oh, nice. Yeah. Our own, wow. You know what I mean? Our own internal uh, issues with the homegrown terrorism or whatever you want to call. It, I would sure. say just the offshoot yeah. of it. But yeah, it, it's. Oh yeah, it's look at right. that. Yeah, so that's, that's into that window. That's yeah. nice. So, like Jake said, though, he went through SAS. He went through there. It's like. Being part of Delta Force and then going to another elite selection just to go do Delta. I mean, it's like now just to learn from just them. just to learn from them. Like, dude, yeah. you already went through one selection. I mean, yeah. god dang, dude, you're gonna yes. make another one? Yeah. Shit. Well, his incursion was that in Malaya. You know, you're deep in the jungle. You're in the shit with that too. Yeah, so yeah, not exactly. only is he talking urban environments, he's talking jungle, how to address it in multiple environments. Yep. Right. So he brought back some some crazy addresses to us, man. Jake, let me go next because you're. I like Bargewell, right? But let me read. Let me read about General McChrystal because General McChrystal doesn't have like any of the acts of heroism or anything. He has more, uh, more organizational skills, shall we say? But I, but to be fair, I think Brad Pitt pay, played him in a movie, though. He, he did, did. on War Machine. Uh, 
War yeah, Machine. War Machine. <laughs> yep, I yeah. love that role. Uh, <laughs> he was really great in it, and it, it was it, good. It was better than I thought it was. Uh, I don't know how overblown the you know the, his staff was uh, compared to the, you know how how they portrayed in the movie and what really happened, but the gist of it was there, right? He, he's got a little cocky, a little, or his guys did whatever it was. He probably yeah. shouldn't. He probably shouldn't have criticized Obama, but uh, you know that'll do it. He actually criticized Biden, not Obama. Obama, he 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 really. Oh yeah, that's what got him in hot water because a a Rolling Stone reporter. Yep. Uh, I have that Rolling Stone. <laughs> oh no, you shit, do? you do. Oh wow, I kept, I kept that. I was like, oh fuck, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. He was shit posting. He yep. was really. She was just talking. It's like, blah, blah blah. Yeah, Biden's an idiot well, or something like that in passing her. It was all because <laughs> of the volcano. There was that volcano in Iceland that grounded everything in Europe. So yep. all those guys were stuck. Yep. In one location. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They had to right. get to the next location, so they all got a van piled in including the reporter yeah to the van and freaking road tripped across europe and anytime <laughs> you're road tripping across europe definitely some ships are going to get set there was, there, was lips. there was nothing off the record <laughs> dude right yeah, you're exactly. spending three days in a yeah, van that guy, that guy with all up. those guys absolutely they're going to talk some shit yep. yeah yeah uh mccrystal went to he graduated west point Got commissioned in 76. Uh, after 78, after he got first lieutenant, he enrolled in a special forces school. He commanded Green Beret unit 79 to 80. Uh, in 90, he earned a master's degree in national security and strategic studies from the Naval War College and was assigned to Joint Special Operations Command, a standing task force to integrate special ops units such as Delta Force, SEALs, uh, and 160th SORT. With the outbreak of the Persian Gulf in 91, McChrystal was deployed to Saudi Arabia, and JSOC oversaw the search for Iraqi mobile Scud missile launchers. For most of the remainder of the 90s, McChrystal held commands in the 82nd uh, and the 75th Ranger Regiment. In 96, he was promoted full colonel, and shortly after, he had begun a year of study at the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University. Is that different than the place you were assigned, Ken? Yeah, I, <laughs> I want to go to Harvard. What's up with that? <laughs> when the U.S. When the US my... invaded Iraq in 2003, McChrystal was a rising star. He assumed command of JSOC uh, and went after Iraq's growing Islamist insurgencies with the motto, quote, it takes a network to defeat a network. McChrystal put liaisons everywhere from the CIA to conventional military units putting JSOC at the center of a web of units and agencies that shared intelligence like never before and acted fast. So, for example, Delta Force Troop would hit a target early one night, gather intel, and conduct another raid immediately afterward, sometimes hitting three targets all over Iraq in the same night. That would put you on your heels. Yeah. Instead of, hitting them, instead of hitting them, letting them react, and then taking your time, they were just going boom, boom, boom. As a result, as a result, JSOC dismantled the insurgency and killed Al Qaeda's top man in Iraq, Abu Musab al Zarqawi. In 2009, McChrystal assumed command in Afghanistan, where he devised a counterinsurgency strategy. Following General David Petraeus's example in Iraq, McChrystal argued for a surge of troops to defeat the Taliban. So, uh, and, then, and then it just peters out. It was like in the end, he persuaded Obama and the Pentagon 
despite the political cost of sending tens of thousands of additional troops to what many saw as a forgotten war. And it worked, right? The, for a period of time, they they were able to push him back. Well, I, I mean, Obama even said uh, that he, I didn't fire him for that. I fired him because of different differences in war strategy in Afghanistan. I'm like, okay, all right. Um, so you're trying to say that Obama was trying to end Infinity War earlier? Is that, is that what you're trying to say? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, but yes, he eventually got relieved from that. Uh, and uh, uh, he, his, he got relieved after he and his aides were quoted disparaging the Obama administration in a Rolling Stone article. McChrystal retired with the defeat of al-Qaeda in Iraq. And JSOC's renovation as his greatest achievements and with his place secure as one of the America's greatest warriors. And that's according to former Secretary of Defense Robert Gates. So uh, organizationally, yeah, he, he did some badass stuff in a chaotic time when yes. somebody needed to do something. Yes, so. and, even, and even in my experiences in Africa, I saw his pretty face in a brief. In a, in a, in a, oh yeah! In a teleconference, yes, that's how involved oh, nice. he was. He was yeah. involved right. in making sure that the reach didn't re- the the reach of AQ or Al Qaeda, whatever you want, to, whatever network at the time it went it was go, went through different names. It didn't it didn't go down to Al Shabab, which is the African version of an AQ. Oh brand. yeah, yeah, right. And so so he was he kept his finger on the pulse even in my time in Africa when I was there. And like I said, I, I saw his face uh, on a, on a, you know, on a teleconference and he's, he was just, he was dialed in to that just as much as he was in the middle East. Uh, all right, Jake, tell us about what's all his right. name? Bargewell, right? Yeah. Um, don't pretend like you don't even know. What's his name? Mm. <laughs> I'm trying to set you up, man. <laughs> yeah. Elden Bargewell, right? Nothing is scripted You're, on this show. Eric, you mentioned that he was the father of Delta, but we all strive to make our fathers proud and potentially <laughs> exceed the level of our fathers, correct? I don't know whether he did that or not, but um, Bargewell enlisted in the Army in 68 in the dead middle of the Vietnam War and was like, I would like some of that and I would like also special forces. So he went straight in, um, enlisted in 67 in 68. He went through special forces qualification course, came out, went directly into the Vietnam war. Right. One of the first or a couple of the missions he went on, got shot in the chest, um, by clearing a village got shot in the chest it was stopped by his gear oh shit right? that's like a so, prerequisite to be a badass you have to get shot at least once yes. at, at, at i'm a badass I got, at least once right i got yeah. stuck in his chest rig in, a, in like a freaking hook or something like that i can't remember I yeah can't remember it's crazy how i'm like it i don't know what I, I don't know one in a million but they were clearing the nba camp he got shot it stuck in his chest rig they ended up clearing the camp a few le- few a few years later he's still doing these ops he's clearing all these camps he's going on cross border raids grabbing intel from laos cambodia all that he get a couple of years later he's on a raid he gets shot in the face and then he carries on all right and so 
his ability to recover and carry on allowed his team to exfiltrate. The coolest thing ever, though, he gets shot in the face and his scar makes it a permanent scowl. Like, he is just oh, hardcore. Nice. So if you look at his picture, he's got one side of his mouth closed and the other side just permanently like Clint Eastwood scowl. <laughs> it's great. Like the reverse Joker look or some shit. Instead of it, smiling. It, yeah, 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 that's right. right huh? So he's just sitting there hanging out. Um. So one of the constant things multiple multiple people had said about them him is that he always strived to learn and he always in his positions of leadership he always told his guys if you're in your downtime practice the basics practice the fundamentals and multiple people like commented one hell of a soldier um i'm gonna have to look up who john striker is sorry john striker meyer i'm not familiar with you evidently green beret legend but spoke incredibly highly of him. Always wanted to do the job. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> picture. Um, always wanted to do, to do the job better. He went on then to commission, got out in 73, came back in 73 as an officer, and went straight back into Special Forces, went into Delta Force, um, eventually became um one of the leaders of socom all that stuff but one of the other stories that's entertaining taking from the sas training and the hostage rescue and all that learning from what they had taught and doing operations with them in 89 in 89 bargewell commanded operation acid gambit um it was a rescue of Kurt Muse, a CIA operative held captive by Panamanian forces um, in, in a, within a prison, right? During the, so Lieutenant Colonel, right? In my mind, I don't see a Lieutenant Colonel in the, one, field. In the field, two, riding a little bird on the way in. One of the other little birds gets damaged, crashes. He's like, I'll got you. He exposed himself to enemy fire, provided cover with machine gun while the other troops grabbed, um, extracted from the damaged helicopter. So as a lieutenant colonel, he's still walking the walk, brother. Rocking it with his scowl, man. (laughs) Right? Right. Um, right. It it was one of Delta Force's first successful hostage rescues, and and it established... U.S. military is top hostage rescue outfit. I don't know about that, according to the insider. SAS is still got a long history of crazy stuff. But well, the Israelis have done some pretty good stuff with hostage rescue. Yeah, too, exactly. So. Right. Um, so Bargewell went on to command SOC Europe and had JSOC and SOCOM. Then he retired in 2006. After almost 40 years. Less, man. Man. Right? 40 years of that. And it's like some of, the, some and of these guys seem to be pre preordained. You yeah. are going to live 40 years under the threat of death every day, but you're going to be fine. Yeah. It's preordained, man. He 40 years, but not just 40 years, 40 years in special ops. Yeah, right? it wasn't like 40 right? years he, in space, right? He, he was, uh, he was yeah, actually he, doing shit. 
he enlisted and then went right to special ops yeah. and then yeah. commissioned went right back to special ops yeah right. so awards distinguished service cross the distinguished um the um, service medal defense distinguished service medal army distinguished service medal defensive superior service medal legion of merit bronze star purple heart uh and during vietnam all the other individual operations in the middle just cause acid gambit and then right back into afghanistan yeah you know he got no break yeah he probably didn't want to break he no i i mean i think those guys are just made for that mentality made for that and and a lot of those guys potentially probably couldn't that that's what they did right that's what that's who they were that's what they did they couldn't imagine retiring and being part of the Petunia of the Month Club or (laughs) volunteering at the local library and traumatizing some kids with war stories or something, you know, like that's crazy what they did. Well, he'd be, uh, he'd be John J. Rambo just lost on the outside. Just got to keep going. What sucks is that he, when he died in 2019, he died of a fucking, he rolled his lawnmower off an embankment. And that's, are you serious? Wow. wow. The hell of a way to go. April. That's like a de- deal with the devil. You're like, That's you get exactly. to live this glorious life. Yeah, Dude, exactly. You exactly. get shot in the chest and it by chance yeah. is caught <laughs> in your chest rig. Yeah. Got shot in the you mouth. Get shot in the face. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's keep going, boys. The I'm John Deere malfunctions on him, and that's yeah, it. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, fucking April no. 2019. He was he uh, he wow. He uh, yeah, he had a fucking. It was tried. They say it was tried. It was just a freak accident. They said the lawnmower rolled over onto an embankment, and that was it. That was that was that was what. Unbelievable, man. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, hopefully he was sauced three sheets to win. He was driving his lawnmower as his mode of transportation to the local VFW. Yeah, or yeah, or he, or he was, or he had a couple of cold ones and, and he was just enjoying his beer before. I like, exactly. to think he, I like to think he was drunk and he was jousting with his neighbor on the lawnmower. Yeah. You know, it's the, the same go, kind right? of stuff. Yeah. Patton. Patton's another example, man. You had a guy. Oh, who, yeah. At the front, and then gets what run over by a jeep or some shit. Yeah, he gets, yeah that he gets was a like conspiracy a against. Yeah, that. that's another conspiracy. Yeah, it's like he got t-boned in Heidelberg when he was driving wow. around. Yeah, nothing happened yeah. to the driver who they yeah. couldn't find afterwards too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that's that's dirty pool. Are we blaming Amazing. Ike or no or what? Oh, we're jumping on that, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, that we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, throw somebody yeah. under the bus. Montgomery was probably the better choice. It was funny. Yeah. Uh, they for a period of time around '92. They are, yeah, it was around '91, '92 when they were doing BRAC, and they had uh, retired Second Armor Division, right? Yep. And then for whatever reason, they brought it back. Like they were like, oh shit, we probably shouldn't have done this. So they reflagged Second Armor Division and they moved us from Fort Polk and we reflagged the Second Armor. Well, I got to be an escort for some of the VIPs coming back and Patton's grandson, oh, I got wow. to escort him. Oh, right. Wow. And the, the Second Armor historian was like, now look, I was a lieutenant at the time. They were like, 
don't ask him about the movie. And I was like, <laughs> actually, I was thinking about asking him about the movie. He's like, don't ask him about the movie. Because like, I think the family protested the movie and they tried to stop its release. I don't know any more details than that, but that's what he really? told me. Really? Wow. So, uh, well, and didn't he refuse the Academy Award for that? Well, George, George, George C. Scott George, did, I think. Well, I think but yeah, I think well, that also stemmed from I don't I'm not sure what it was. There was some drama what. too because a lot of the oh, a lot of the advisement for the movie Patton was by Bradley. And I think there was uh, some beef with Patton's family and Bradley's family, I think. Yeah, there was a the well, and everybody hated Patton because he was rich anyway. So there's always that. Right? Was he rich? Really? He was yeah, rich. Yeah, his his family oh, was, yeah, rich. was rich. Yeah, he was a rich son of a bitch. So he, so, he would PCS himself. <laughs> because no, literally yeah he would pcs himself because he didn't trust the military guys and then he would have his own uniforms made that was so, there's a lot of accuracy to that movie too that he designed his own uniform and he wore it around yeah and, yeah and yeah, so yeah. yeah had his own custom pistols made too. oh yeah that's right yeah he had the pearl handled pistols yeah, yeah. yeah. Were they pearl or ivory because he had that line right he said, uh, oh. "Only pimps in New Orleans have." Yeah. I can't remember if it was pearl or ivory. I think it was ivory. <laughs> but anyway, I, I digress. Uh, I think that's rounds complete, gentlemen. Hey, Ken, tell us how we can listen to you. Oh wow! You can follow us on uh, U.S. Army WTF Moments Facebook page, uh, WTF Nation Radio's Facebook page, and also you can go on Twitter at WTF Nation Radio. Uh, and you can go on YouTube at WTF Nation Radio. And then there's this new streaming platform called Kick. And these were all the, that's where all it. the new streamers, the new, the, the, the streamers, gamers, name it. That's where they all go on there. You, you just check it out and you could just type in a, type in a category, kick.com. And each of our shows, the Monday edition, uh, Pop Culture Warrior, uh, The Smoke Pit, uh, Sergeant's Time, Friday Night Freedom. And then the sports bar are yeah. they all they all have we all have our own channels on kick. And yeah, so that, that's where you could find us. Um, all those podcasts are great. Yeah, they're fun to listen to. Yeah. This yeah. the smoke pit name is perfect. Yeah, that is good. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it one. is, dude. It's it's two junior NCOs that shit talk us old guys how we were or how we are, <laughs> or some some senior army leader will say something. I mean, me, I'm 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 As like the army. Yeah, I'm like an army's cheerleader, rah rah. You know, hey, sir, you want to come on and shoot the shit with us? And I'll have like a CG, uh, a general of some post or something like that, or a sergeant major talk to me. But these guys have the Joes. These guys are the yeah. These are the pulse. And then Thursdays, sergeant's time with me. I, all I do is you know talk about army policy, how it's how it's good, bad, whatever. I'll have some military guests on there. And then Friday night freedom is exactly what it sounds like. And it has to do with like constitutionally connected things like second amendment first amendment uh stuff in the news that gets you know well they should oh, post no. on politicians too so um, oh that's fun that's easy that is a good time <laughs> yeah you guys yeah easy to find well thanks ken i think uh i think that's end up so i'm calling and app uh can, can you ken look he says end up <laughs> like end x yeah, I was about to say that was index. Episode. It is okay. index. But he says and episode. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> end up. Right. Weren't you an artillerist? Weren't you an army guy? Did you, you <laughs> oh, that's, that's, that's why I said rounds complete. Oh, gotcha. Rounds, yep. 
the intermission. But just in, over here. In the the and the, stuff. The, these okay. guys like it so much, so I keep doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really serving my tea. So as long as you're not putting chlorine in the fucking coffee pot. That <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Are you serious about that? I have to, I heard that because, you know, you know, getting to know you guys, well, I listened to that podcast and I was dying laughing about, should you get a purple heart for that shit? And I'm like, that should be like a purple heart automatically, 100% VA. You should be getting reparations from the Philippine government. I mean, you should freaking get, just for all that drama, man. Imagine if if her plan would have worked. Oh my God! She'd be sitting high in the hog with oh, yeah. his death benefit. Yep, and exactly. A in the Philippines. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. BX oh, access yeah. like nobody's been. <laughs> I should probably have her own podcast on how to uh, oh, how to do yeah, it. Exactly, big PX yeah. of the skies, what you'd call it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, on behalf of everyone here, I'd like to thank you for listening today. Please like, share, subscribe, and let us know how we did in the comments. And as always, make sure to download the next episode for more. Send us headline news. Ken, thanks for joining us. And men, thanks for the week. And I'll see you next week. Good night, fellas. I got nothing for you, Eric. I'm going to just go easy on you this week. I, I feel better trash about talked that. Marty Stump once. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a line. Yeah, that's a line. It's a goal. A line is a goal for me. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.